everybody, and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we are talking about the new WandaVision episode, episode 7, titled Breaking the Fourth Wall. So, as usual, uh, we will be talking about spoilers. If you have not seen this episode, what are you doing? Go and watch it. Uh, or you could, you could have this on while you're watching it. You could do that, or... You could just not watch it at all and listen. You, you have multiple options. We're, we're living in a... This is America, after all. So we're going to dive right into this. I've, I've been taking some feedback from the fans. From uh, I, I got a lot of letters in the mail, and they said, Hey, uh, we've been enjoying your WandaVision episodes, but uh, well, some, something was missing. And so, I, and honestly, this was, this was my thought that I had had on it, was I, most of these episodes I've been doing after watching the episode one time and i don't think i'm fully grasping the show after just one episode and and i'm laughing i've had to re-record this a couple of times just because i'm laughing about this joke i do a really bad job if you guys haven't known yet that you know when i have a a bit in my head or a joke in my head i want to just tell it right away i don't want to build up to it and most of the time probably 90 percent of the time the joke is not funny but I overhype it up in my head, and so I just start giggling and laughing. But I was going to say that most of the time I'll record after I've watched it just one time. And to me, that's not enough. So I've watched this eight times now before I recorded this episode. No, I, I haven't. But uh, I did watch it twice this time, and I took notes. So this this hopefully will be the happy medium between having a very short episode where I miss some things or having a really long episode where I have the entire episode playing in the background. And and the reason for that is because uh, even when I'm watching the episode as an audio commentary, I'm talking about things that happen later on in the episode. So if someone were to listen to that and say, hey, I haven't watched this episode, you just spoiled the ending for me, I don't want to do that either. So I'm hoping that this is going to be that happy medium. Let me know in the comments and uh, share your frustrations with me there, or you can continue to send me fan mail. Uh, I'll, I'll take that as well. So with that in mind, we are going to push right into this episode. I was very excited for this episode. I, I was really looking forward to it because last week's episode, like I had said, and I stand by that, it was a, a little bit of a setup episode. Not a lot happened that I was like, oh my goodness, but it was still a great episode, and this one is the exact same. It's awesome. This is a, just a great episode. And we get we get some big reveals in this episode at the end, but I still I was very antsy at the beginning of this episode, and I think the reason for that is because this episode is the same length as the last episode, and I am honestly getting tired of the 37 minute length, uh, seven minutes of that being trailers or being credits, and then now we have to wait a whole nother week. Like I'm just praying that we eventually get a longer episode. And my wife said the same thing, Marvel. So step it up, make these episodes five hours long, save us the time. And well, actually you would be doing the opposite of saving us the time, but it would be making our dreams come true. Regardless of that, though, like I said, this was a great one. So the theme of this one is what I took to be kind of like modern family. And it's essentially just the mockumentary theme. And, and nowhere is that more apparent than obviously the the title, Breaking the Fourth Wall, but also we get that whole found footage documentary type thing where they're interviewing Wanda and Vision and other characters on the show. But also the opening title sequence 
is almost a lot like The Office. Like the sound is a lot like The Office's uh, sound portion, but then you're also getting those pieces of when certain things pop up, like at the end, the uh, it just says Wanda and then Vision shows up kind of like in The Office when I, I believe it's The Office where it does that, where a part of the, the title of The Office shows up that way. It was a very interesting um, intro as well, and I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but uh, it was Wanda, a Wanda, Wanda, Wanda. And I know we've already talked about that. It's all Wanda, right? But there's no vision. It was all Wanda. And then at the very end, we get that Wanda vision by Wanda, created by Wanda Maximoff. So they're really leaning in now on the fact that it's like the charade is up. We all know it. They all know it. There's no point in hiding it anymore. anymore. Uh, but the one thing I did want to point out on it was I liked the idea of them doing Modern Family. I thought that was great, but there were some bits specifically with uh, Elizabeth Olsen where it just didn't hit for me, and only in the sense that they were these manufactured awkwardness bits that she would do where she would you know, give the weird look at the camera or pause for too long, and it was played to be funny, but it wasn't funny. It was awkward. So it was like they mission accomplished. They made the scene feel awkward. But again, I'm not trying to feel awkward when I'm watching the show. I'm trying to laugh. It only happened a couple of times too, though. So it's not not that big a deal. But from there, we get the start of the episode, which is the clip that they just shared a day or two ago. The kids come into the room, and Billy says that his head hurts, and he's hearing a bunch of things. It's very loud. It sounds a lot like when someone like Jean Grey got her powers and suddenly started hearing voices from everybody. And uh, it was cool. I liked it. But again, I saw that in the clip. So I was like, all right, let's let's keep moving. It was I liked when she takes her uh, her covers off of her bed and she's in her Scarlet Witch costume. That was pretty funny. Uh, and then she's kind of just trying to take a spa day in a sense. She says she's punishing herself for what she did, which again, played off for laughs. I did not think that was funny because she the punishment does not fit the crime. And again, I get it. That's the whole funny part about it. But they're really trying to play it for laughs, and I'm thinking, like, you, you have this whole town hostage that's not funny, and that does not deserve you getting a day to, to hide in bed. But, hey, that's the day that she wants, and it's Wanda's world, so that's the day that she gets. So she goes downstairs. The kids are kind of scared of her. They're a little uh, on edge, which I would be too if that was my mom. I mean, they just saw some pretty crazy stuff last week, and they bring that up when he's like, hey, you know... <laughs> What what about dad not being uh, dead? And he's she's like, don't don't listen to Pietro. He is not your uncle. And I'm looking at my notes here too, and I'm getting ahead of myself. But she's making she makes cereal for herself in the kitchen, and notices. And the boys bring this up too. They say their video games were were messing up, and they kept going back to older versions of video games. Just another reason that gamers are being oppressed. And she's in the kitchen pouring herself some milk and cereal, and the milk carton as well, the bottle of milk, uh, continues to go back in time, I guess you could say, revert to older versions of itself. As this is happening, you can hear, and I had to put it on the subtitles on the second viewing, uh, the, the TV in the background says, thank you for tuning in to WNDA, which is obviously Wanda, but you know that's the radio station sort of thing. They're talking about the kids last night going out for Halloween, saying, you know, the kids kids are only out once a year. It was a very, very creepy, and I didn't hear it the first time I watched it, but it was a nice catch, and then, um, and then obviously at that point, that's when the opening starts, 
And uh, so then we get back once the opening's over. Hayward is there. We're back in the real world. And he's getting ready to do something inside the hex. He tells one of his soldiers, he says, we're going to, you know, we got to go in today. We're going in today. And the soldier is saying, you know, the broadcast is over. We're not getting any more signal. It's gone. So we don't know anything about what's going on there. And he's like, all right, well, we got to get in there. And we don't see anything more from them for the rest of the episode, which is interesting. So we know... This is obviously setting up for this, what I was already assuming was going to be a three-part finale, but that's now hopefully a two-part finale, though with what happened today, I have a feeling it's going to be a one-part finale, and next week will also be a short episode. I'm not I'm not holding my breath on that. I don't want to be disappointed again. But we get now into the circus, and we start seeing the circus. So it goes from there to Vision waking up in the circus surroundings. I also am not a fan of circuses. I'm not a fan of the circus thing. I've never been a fan of circuses. So when that happened last week, I was like, oh man, I really hope we don't have to spend a lot of time at the circus. Look, it's not because I have anything against uh, Hawkeye or Robin or anyone else who has grown up at the circus. I've been to a circus. I'm pretty sure I've been to a couple circuses. I'm just not a fan of them. I think it's one of those things that... I don't know, I guess maybe when you're a kid, being at the circus is fun, but there's just this ancient, and I'm coming up with this right now, but there's this like ancient idea of suspending your disbelief that I just can't do at a circus. You And I hope you understand what I'm saying. When you go see a movie in a movie theater, it's very easy to suspend your belief because everything on the screen looks great. It's crisp. Uh, the CGI is fantastic. All that good stuff. You're in the world. When you're in a circus, uh, you got these regular humans dressed up as clowns. You got people juggling things and animals. And I just, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. And I, so I've always been that way. I'm afraid of clowns. I don't like clowns. I don't like when people dress up like that. So it's never been entertaining to me, but Darcy makes it all worth it. And in this, I was living for Darcy. She was hilarious. She did such a good job playing up this. She said she put in to be the bearded lady, but uh, her alabaster skin uh, was a dead giveaway. I thought that was great. And then immediately, the minute that Vision meets Darcy, it, they were a great team. They were awesome. And he, uh, he, it just seems like, you know, they could do so much more, but obviously I don't think they're going to get to based on these next few episodes. And, and that's kind of the first thing we get is the, uh, one of the sword agents, the main guy that we saw in one of the last episodes, he's looks like he's the strong man or something. And he's like, Oh, we need to get you with the, with Darcy basically. And he's trying to talk to Darcy like, Hey, you know, do you not remember me? Like I was literally, we had a connection and I loved that scene. And she's like, no, no, I don't. And so then we go back and we're we're in a, a different scene now back with Wanda and the kids are asking where dad is. And Billy says, well, should we go look for dad? And she says, if he doesn't want to be here, there's nothing that I can do about it, which is a really interesting choice of words because as far as we know, there's everything that she can do about it. She could bring him back, right? Like she expanded the barrier. She could pull Vision back if she wanted to, which leads again to the big reveal at the end of the episode that maybe she isn't pulling all of the strings, which is again, kind of what we've been talking about, but uh, we're going to get confirmation from that towards the end of the episode. And so he says, uh, Billy says, well, but you know, what about Uncle P saying that the whole thing about dad re-dying or, or getting re-killed? And she says, don't believe anything that man said. He is not your uncle. And he, sh- he says, well, who is he? 
And she says, I'm your mother, and you're counting on me to have all the answers. Well, I don't. I have none. Zip. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Niente. Uh, I'm starting to believe that everything is meaningless. And she then gets her another little, you know, camera moment where she's like, you know, I, I'm sure the kids are fine. They're they're going to be fine about this. My husband has vibranium skin, and I'm sure they're going to they're inherit that tough skin. It's just like, oh, I don't know if that's the sort of stuff you're supposed to be telling your kids. But, of course, Agnes shows up just in time, takes those kids, and uh, she says, oh, come on, I don't bite. And then she gets her own little camera thing, and she says, I did bite a kid once. But, uh, and, and very interesting because again for what's coming towards the end of the episode maybe maybe she's done a little bit more than biting but wanda is now alone in the house and things are starting to revert to older their older selves like the tv plants and she says i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine everything's fine everything's fine and it really reminded me and this is a very inside reminder but it reminded me of a movie that i made with my cousins and my brothers uh many years ago called the <laughs> real housewives of plano texas which you uh, i think you can actually find it on youtube but we did that same thing we did a very a found footage movie and i think there's even a, a thing where one of us is talking to the camera saying it's fine it's fine everything's fine everything's fine everything is under control and uh, so that just reminded me of that. Again, I love the whole documentary sort of thing. It worked really well in this episode. It did seem strange at some points, but they're, they're, they're going for a theme, and this is literally the only time that they can do this. Like, I don't know any other Marvel property that could pull this sort of thing off, so I'm taking what I can get at this point. We're back to Wu and Monica now, and uh, that's the next portion of the show. They're talking as they're driving, and Wu finds out from Darcy's emails about Project Cataract, talks about Vision trying to bring him back online, that that's what Hayward was wanting to do, and we get another uh, answer to the things that we had already guessed, which is that he, she says Hayward wants his sentient weapon back, which is you know exactly what it is, and we guessed that, so that was nice to finally have that clear the air. Uh, I, I used to be upset by the, all right, we already knew this. Let's get moving. I'm starting to appreciate more of just being in the moment. I think that's part of uh, the problem and something that we've talked about on many episodes here where we have these preconceived notions of things that we want to happen in the show. Uh, and, and we're about to get to a very big preconceived notion that we wanted to have in the show. And that is what I'm calling, or I don't know if it is the first one, but the first red herring of the season. So uh, there is no aerospace engineer, or the aerospace engineer is Major Goodner, who I have no idea who that is. I've never heard of the name in the comic books. So I think, and I'm, I, if so, that's totally fine, but I think that that whole thing was just a ploy. And if so, good on Marvel, because they got us talking about who that aerospace engineer was for two weeks where people were screaming that it was Reed Richards or Blue Marvel, myself included. And as as they pulled up to the little campsite, which again, I, you know, is interesting, they had a, a, a kind of a fully functional sword command center, I guess you could say. It was, it was uh, a makeshift command center, but a sword command center nonetheless. So does Monica have 
people on the inside that are loyal to her. Clearly, Major Goodner um, says so. Monica says, my mother would really appreciate your loyalty. And Goodner says, she isn't the only one that we're loyal to, which I'm assuming is Monica. But I just thought it was funny that we get this Hayward bit at the beginning where he's got his crew and they're figuring things out. And there's a whole nother sword crew on supposedly a different area of the hex outside of it preparing to do something similar. Do these sword people not talk to each other? Or is there kind of an agreement from Goodner's group of like, hey, don't talk to any of the other sword people. We are here on a covert mission. Either way, I'm cool with it. And I'm also cool with there being no aerospace engineer. Again, I think we get too beholden to the things that we want in this show. And it's it very easily can get you disappointed. And this is a, a good case and I would say probably some good practice if that's something that you experienced when you were watching this because who knows what's going to happen in these next two episodes and I would hate for that to happen to you again if, if it does so just remember they've got something in store for us they know what they're doing Marvel has a plan so if they if they don't do it exactly the way you wanted to just remember that there's probably millions of other people who are screaming in excitement for it so um, just keep that in mind I guess I'd say from there, though, we get this big behemoth that comes out of the storage container. And she's like, is this, you know, are all the specs okay on this? And Monica says she's perfect. And it's this really badass looking uh, vehicle. It's like a, a lunar rover, or I think she calls it just a space rover, which is cool. So they obviously have tech, too, that they're using in space. Like, I'm still dying to see monica in space and to see some either a flashback of her in space doing some work for sword or with her new powers uh going into space in some future episode or in a future movie either way i'm here for it i am more than here for it i'm living for it so next up uh she says all right i am uh actually at this point she doesn't she doesn't uh we don't see her go into the barrier yet. Uh, we go back to Vision, and she uh, she's still talking. Vision's still talking with Darcy, and he's like, "Are you like you really don't remember me?" And she says, "It's doubtful. I'm notoriously self-involved." And she he makes this comment to distract her by saying, "Like, oh look, that mime is is uh, juggling way too big of a a thing." And she's like, "Oh no, his back!" And uh, he uses his powers to wake her up. And she's like, oh, whoa, like, uh, that's crazy. I, I've woken up. And she says, well, part of me wanted a guest spot on the show, but this sucked. And it was like, yeah, you know, it did suck. And then that sword guy shows up and he's like, oh, you know, oh, it's time to go to the lion cages. And, and I just, I started getting flashbacks of circuses. And I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done with circuses. And they're like, that's it. We're leaving. And he's like, no, you can't leave. Like we have, and I was like, I swear to God, if this sword agent who is mind wiped into thinking that he's some circus strongman forces Vision and Darcy to stay in this damn circus and not leave i'm gonna be furious and guess what happens guys darcy punches that guy in the face and even better uh the minute that she punches him uh we get this really great upbeat music that isn't exactly the same but sounds like curb your enthusiasm music of bum 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 and she just smacks him in the face so great uh, and she, he's like, oh, thank God. Like, I have so many questions. And she says, I have answers, but let's get out of here. And so they're driving. And he says, are my kids safe? She provides her first answer. I don't know. And then he says, is that Pietro the real Pietro? She provides her second answer. Uh, I'm not sure. And it's like, oh, okay. So Darcy actually doesn't have any answers either. From there, we go back to Wanda's house. 
Things are getting worse now. The stairs, the wallpapers, everything is changing and going back. The stork shows up, and she doesn't understand what's happening. She keeps, she says, why is it all falling apart, and why can't I fix it? And then we get, we get the person who's interviewing the, uh, in the mockumentary say, do you think maybe that this is what you deserve? And she says, what? You're not supposed to talk. And it reminded me a lot of the final seasons of The Office. And I think it happens a couple times in Parks and Rec as well, where the person who's actually monitoring the camera talks, which is not supposed to happen, and kind of was the signal that the show was ending in a sense because, like, there's no reason, you know, to stay hidden anymore, uh, which is kind of the same as this, right? And especially with everything that comes afterwards, uh, it is at that point now where the show's sort of starting to end and nothing can be hidden anymore. From there, we get the commercial, uh, which is awesome. This might be one of my favorite commercials. It says, feeling depressed? And it's around Nexus, which is an antidepressant. And so if any of you weren't able to guess what this one is relating to in regards to Wanda's trauma, I would say I don't know either in regards to her trauma, but Nexus itself in the comics is this sort of uh, reality point, I guess you could say. It, it, it comes up in multiple areas. The only thing that I've read it in, besides like you know the things that tell you about the Marvel Universe, is in, uh, I think it was in the most recent Excalibur issues, uh, when Teeny Howard's Excalibur issues, they, they talk about going to the nexus of realities, which is essentially the spot that when you get to the nexus, you can access all of these different realities. So it's like a, a gateway, in a sense, to the multiverse. And so if that's the same, if that tracks in the MCU, this makes total sense then, that maybe this whole hex thing, maybe something about this has to do with this nexus of of realities and but they're they're uh, marketing it as an antidepressant it says that it works to anchor you back to your reality or the reality of your choice side effects include feeling your feelings confronting your truth seizing your destiny and possibly more depression because the world doesn't revolve around you or does it and uh, just a great episode, a great uh, commercial. I really enjoyed it. And a shout out to, um, a shout out to Jules on the Discord. Uh, he called out, uh, I think it was a week ago, that the. Uh, that the commercial was going to be a medical pharmaceutical commercial because that's literally all the commercials that we watch these days in in current day sitcoms. There's always some sort of thing for, you know, what you name it, an antidepressant or whatever, stool softener. You take your pick. But at this point, uh, Agnes is with the boys at her house, and Billy says that he likes it there because it's quiet, and he says you're quiet, Agnes, on the inside. And she gives him this look, but I'm I'm thinking like, oh, like he can't hear anything inside of her because he just said that things were really loud at mom's house. But then um, Tommy says something about you know where you know is is our mom gonna be okay? And Agnes says your mom can do anything. She's a super mom. But then we get a little uh, talking head, and she says you try telling a ten year old their mom is cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Uh, but there's more to that story, isn't there, Agnes? We're gonna get to that later. 
And from there, we go back to Monica. She is in this kick-ass, awesome spacesuit. One of my favorite looks of her so far in the show looked so cool. The suit itself reminded me of the Fantastic Four suits, Uh, that same thing where, you know, you've got the headpiece on and all that stuff. Uh, So who knows? I I really got some Fantastic Four vibes from that for sure. But she looks great. And honestly, it was this moment and obviously the moment coming after this that made her now my favorite character in the show. And she's slowly becoming one of my favorite MCU characters, too, just because she is so sure of herself. She is so dedicated. She's brave. And she's just got the strong will. It's awesome. And so as she's driving this vehicle through the barrier, it won't go through the barrier, which is very interesting. Uh, she was sure that it was going to go through the barrier, and it didn't. And so the barrier eventually kicks her out of the truck, or she gets out of the truck to be safe. And the barrier kicks her truck. She flies out. Half of the truck is an old-timey truck now, and the other half is still the same behemoth vehicle. But she realizes at this point that she can just go through the barrier by herself, and she decides to do that. And this part it was the best part of the show, in my opinion. The music swells. We get her superhero moment, that moment where she gets her powers. And she's busting through this barrier, and we get the conversation between her and her mom and Captain Marvel when her mom is leaving for space saying, can I come with you? And she's like, no, you know, you need to stay with your aunt and uncle. They say, you can go up into space once you glow like Auntie Carol. And then uh, Carol says her that great line about, you know, your mom got lucky. Uh, when they were giving out kids, they gave her the toughest one. And she, all of that's going through her as multiple versions of her are coming through the bar- the barrier, and it just looks like a a. Sp- oh my God, <laughs> it looks like a spectrum, and I just realized that right now, which is one of her names, Spectrum. She uh, she goes through the barrier. We see her in her fifty or her sixties garb, in her seventies garb, her current garb, her prior garb before she had her suit on. And it's kind of like one of those accordion type things where it literally is her going through a spectrum. And she comes through the other side and her eyes are glowing. They're glowing blue. And it's this beautiful light blue. It's so cool. And suddenly the whole world on the other side has this look about it where she's clearly seeing all of these different spectrums of light. And it just, uh, it everything about it looked absolutely perfect. And so I had, just for any of you out there who were wondering as well about Monica's powers, as I was watching this, I didn't get any, I mean, I was sort of trying to get the vibes, but you know, they don't tell you what her powers are in this episode. And so here's what Marvel says her powers are in the comics. So it says due to bombardment by extra dimensional energies or going through a barrier, Monica can transform herself into any form of energy within the electromagnetic spectrum. Among the many energy forms she has assumed and is able to control are gamma, x-ray, ultraviolet, visible light, electricity, infrared radiation, microwaves, and radio waves. Um, And it says she apparently accomplished this transformation by mentally shunting the matter of her body into the dimension from which she draws her energy and replacing it with a corresponding amount of energy. Her mind remains in the dimension to control the energy parcel that has taken the place of her body. By assuming an energy form, she gains all of that energy's properties. Monica is apparently unlimited by the amount of time that she can remain in her energy form. She can seemingly only transform herself into 
one wavelength of energy at a time, but she can transform between one energy state or another in a fraction of a second. As noted above, the limit to the amount of energy she can transmit is not known. Extensive energy transformation and manipulation can be physically taxing when she returns to her regular form. So she can alter her appearance, she can fly, uh, she can she has superhuman speed, intangibility, invisibility, energy duplication, energy absorption, energy blasts, hypercosmic awareness, and an eidetic memory, which is uh, really cool. But I would imagine if she can transform herself into different waves of energy, she can also see different waves of energy, which I think is what she's seeing here in this part. This part, she's seeing the energy that's coming off of the uh, the power lines, and then you're seeing it kind of in the neighborhood as well. And then there's another hint about that too as we get closer to the end of this episode. But now we get back to Vision and Darcy. Uh, he says Wanda is creating impediments to keep him from coming home. They're stopped at a red light. But then once the light turns green, there are workers that show up to start working on the light. They block the street. Once those workers are done, there are kids that are crossing the street. Uh, we get a conversation then between him and, and Darcy about his origins, how he died by Thanos. He doesn't remember any of this still. And I think, I, I actually, I don't think I was going to about to say that whole thing about the Mind Stone, but... I honestly don't know why he doesn't know, and I think we're going to find out soon, but it was really sad to watch him do his interview, the one before he takes his mic off and heads back to the truck, because he says something like, you know, I don't remember any of this, but for Wanda, uh, this must be really hard. And Darcy says something too, she says, I've been watching WandaVision for the past week, and the love you two have is real. And so it's just, it's, it's weird that, you know, he does love her, but he doesn't really know her that well because he just kind of came online in a sense. And then next scene, and here's where it gets, here's where things really heat up. Monica is at Wanda's house. Wanda's actually taking some Nexus pills in the house. Monica enters her house and tries to tell her about Vision. Wanda is not having it. She uses her powers, throws her out of the house, and pulls her up into the air, and then goes and slams her down onto the ground. But when she slams her onto the ground, Monica uses her powers to do a really cool superhero smash into the onto the sidewalk. She doesn't break anything but she gets up her eyes are blue and wanda looks like she's getting nervous and she says something about all the stuff that wanda's trying or monica's trying to tell her like she's trying to tell her that hayward is behind this that he's trying to take vision and she says you're lying and we get my favorite line in the episode the only lies i've told are the ones you put in my mouth which is just oh man what a i love that line i think that's awesome because yeah she she messed with her but at this point, neighbors are watching. The postman is watching, but he is now a presto delivery guy with a rabbit on his hat that looks like the Amazon uh, logo. So clearly, again, another current day spoof on magic. But then uh, Monica tells her, don't let Hayward make you the villain. And she says, maybe I already am. But then Agnes notices from her window and comes out. And Monica's trying to bring her back. She says, I lost the closest person to me too. The worst thing I can think of has already happened and I can't change it. And I don't think I want to because that is my truth. And Wanda slowly, you can tell, is starting to almost kind of say, you know, she's got some good ideas. But then Agnes shows up and says, all right, young lady, I think you need to leave. 
and she takes Wanda back to her house. And Monica obviously follows her back to her house, but we don't see what happens until after this episode. And I should have pointed this out at the beginning. If you are listening to this or whatever, stay after the credits. There's a little bit of a mid-credits scene there. But now we get back to the truck, and that's kind of when Vision, the Vision's truck, we get back to that truck. Vision decides he can't wait any longer, and he floats out of the truck. And uh, But that's the last we see of them. Agnes takes Wanda inside and sits her down, says, I'm going to make you some tea. Wanda's sitting there and kind of everything's really quiet, but there's food that's been eaten on the table. She looks over at a window with blinds, and there's a cicada on the window. Very creepy, very hexy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I know cicadas from... Uh, the plague, right? The the Ten Commandments plague. I have seen some stuff about it being a witch sort of thing. I don't put it past it at this point because, again, we've been talking about this for a while that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. And over the last few episodes, they've been doing a good job of trying to make you think that that's not the case. But we're about to find out that that is the case. She says, where are the twins? Agnes says, they're probably down in the basement playing. So Wanda goes down into this witch's dungeon that has a glowing book on a table. There's symbols up on the wall. There's a lot of things there that they're not necessarily blinking you if you and you'll miss it. But they just they're not revealing a lot. There's not much more to reveal there. But Agnes joins her and does reveal herself as Agatha Harkness. She has a purple magic as well. Her eyes glow purple, kind of like Wanda's do red. And she says it's it's you know it's been me. And then at that point, the you know the thing ends or her, that bit ends, and we get to another story intro that says it's been Agatha all along. <laughs> And uh, so we get another really great song, and it says, Who's been messing up everything? It's been Agatha all along. Who's been pulling every evil string? She's insidious, or it's Agatha, right? It's Agatha all along. She's insidious. She's perfidious that you haven't even noticed. And the pity is, it's too late to fix anything now that everything has gone wrong. So as this song is going, we're getting little bits of her in each of the the decades. We see that she's behind this, that, and the other. We saw she's behind Pietro. She admits that she killed Sparky. She's the person that interviewed Wanda in this most recent episode. So is she the person that said, is this what you deserve or that this is what you deserve? It's very interesting. And then that's the end of the episode. And we get a, a mid credit scene that is Monica finding Ag- at Agnes's house. She opens up the doors to go into the basement, and she sees the tree roots that are in the basement, and she can see them glowing purple. So she's seeing those different energies. But then Pietro shows up, and he looks like he's in very casual clothes. He's wearing a, a, a snow hat. And he says, Snooper's going to snoop. And that's the end of the episode. So I don't, we don't know if he's still a bad guy or, or what. It just ends. But this was a big episode. And that is a huge reveal. Again, we had been guessing from the first, not even from the first episode. This was a guess from before the episode even aired that Agnes was going to be Agatha Harkness. But that did not make the reveal any less great. It was still cool. Uh, Catherine Hahn is killing it as her. And everyone was banging on all cylinders in this episode, in my opinion. I thought Jimmy Woo had was great with the lines that he was given. Darcy was great. Monica was absolute. She was a marvel, you might say. And uh, uh, and like I said, Wanda was good. I didn't 
this wasn't her best role in my opinion of all of the different types of people that she's played and at this point i'm basically saying that she's giving a you know 7.5 eight and a half out of 10 for this specific performance and i'd be fine saying all of her other performances were nines and tens so it doesn't really matter uh but it, it was a little noticeable for me like i said just some of the things that she said didn't really stick with me. They made me feel a little awkward. But other than that, the rest of the episode was absolute gold. Where are the kids? Are we going to find them? Did Agatha do something to them? Is What's going to happen when Vision shows up at the house? Wanda is now going to be in the basement as well as Pietro. So there is this convergence that seems like is it's coming in the basement, right? In, in Agnes's basement, Agatha's basement. And it just... Next week can't come soon enough, and I know I said that last week, so just remember, uh, time does not exist, and if you don't think about this long enough, it'll be next week already, right? The, the week is gonna fly by, and we're gonna get that, and then, you know, before we know it, it's gonna be on to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so I'm really enjoying where we're at right now. I really liked this episode, and besides the stuff that I talked about here, there really weren't any other things prediction wise for this episode like i said the show is doing a really good job of answering those questions quick enough to where we're not having too much time to speculate on what it may and most likely won't be so with that said i loved it great episode i actually like this episode better than last week's episode and I'm really excited for where things are going from here. So that is going to do us for this one. And like I said, hopefully you guys like the way that this went more than some of the prior episodes. Uh, for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next week in Agatha's Basement. <laughs>